0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardill. Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto.
1: Well, we got ourselves a long weekend. A little quiet time, perhaps. A little ponder what was since Easter weekends, Passover weekend. Um, but, you know, this is a money show. And, uh, well, we live and breathe it, Jack and I. And we're always trying to keep our eyes and ears open uh, to new ideas as well because the world does change. And at the beginning of this year, I promised you that 2023 would be a different year than 2022. And, well, indeed it is. Uh, a product that we own in our portfolios uh, is an ETF uh, that uh, owns a bunch of healthcare names. Healthcare uh, is a tricky space to be in, I, I find. It's a very tough to invest in healthcare. There's basically three places. There's what's called MedTech, uh, which produces uh, product for your body like hips and knees and all kinds of interesting items sort of like the Bionic Man for 2023. Uh, and then you have Pharma that creates drugs. And then you have biotech that actually discovers drugs, and uh, that's the hardest part is biotech. It's all in, all out, uh, hero or zero, uh, very, very binary. And, of course, Big Pharma uh, is in the crosshairs every time there's an election difficult to invest in. But uh, nonetheless, pharma makes money and often pays dividends, but you can compound that and add to that if you can write calls against the strategy, but basically uh, giving someone the right to take your stock away from you, sort of like you know, perhaps selling some insurance on it. You get yourself a premium uh, the option expires if they didn't take the stock away from you, you get to do it again. And I'll repeat that process, uh, with our next guest. His name is Paul McDonald. Uh, he is with harvest, uh, ETFs. They create, uh, several ETFs and uh, specific, to uh, sorry, I should say with some added twist, just a twist of lemon or is it a twist of lime? I'm not sure. Just a twist. Remember that little movie? Yeah. You, you remember that, uh, Paul, <laughs> welcome to the show. Uh, and welcome to the weekend, uh, Paul. So HHL, again, is a uh, healthcare uh, ETF, bunch of pharma stocks. And, and is there, is there MedTech in it as well?
2: That's great. Well, well, great to be here, Wolfgang and uh, Jack. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. So we have twenty large cap healthcare stocks and uh, um, predominantly uh, U.S. focused and North American listed. You know, when we when you hit the nail on the head as we start to think about this weekend, you know, I think most of us just want to forget about March, um, and we've had a lot of volatility in the market, and uh, healthcare certainly has been a bright spot. When we look at healthcare. We don't just look at necessarily the pharma or biotech and even med tech. It is a massive, massive industry. And just to kind of give a bit of perspective, our 20 stocks are, are about one and a half times the size of the entire S and P TSX index. So you have massive scale when you look at uh, what these companies do and offer. That, that's
1: funny. Your, your 20 stocks are bigger than the, T, the entire TSX 300?
2: The, the entire what? TSX 300, that's the, Are correct. you kidding? Yeah, quite significantly larger. The trust. 20
1: healthcare stocks that's in this product are bigger than the entire 300 companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange. I would say that so really the TSX 300, puts, that,
3: wow. That puts the TSX in perspective really, because you know, Canadians have a lot of their money in TSX listed companies. It's called a home bias when you, you know, invest in what you know, invest in your home country. When the fact the, the fact is that Canadian markets are maybe three percent of the global
1: two percent yeah, yeah
3: it's, it's tiny 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 the and world if you is want I would say if you want to have large cap healthcare exposure you typically have to go south of the border because a lot of Canadian healthcare is actually cannabis
2: hundred <laughs> percent and it, and, it's, and in fact it's it's less than or around one percent of the the TSX is in healthcare so if you want to have healthcare exposure you have to, and really yeah. participate in some of these really structurally um, permanent non-cyclical trends that are driving this sector, you know, you really have to look outside. How
1: about J&J committing to $9 billion over the next 25 years uh, to settle the Telcom powder uh, suit? Uh, excuse me, anyone in this room have mummy put some talk on you? Are we part of that class action? We should have been. Oh, no, I just oh, say a lot that's of money. So, the risk of the- involved. The the, the the perpetual risk with healthcare certainly is there for a reason as well, and that's why again healthcare stocks. Well, they trade at a bit of a market discount. Certainly, pharma does. Uh, I think relative to to the uh, the S and P 500, uh, biotech depends on the name, of course, and medtech uh, is a different one, but. It, Healthcare remains challenged. You said, you know, healthcare has been a bit of a bright spot. Parts of it have been. Uh, but again, the HHL, the the ETF that we own, we're down 10% on the trade, uh, Paul. And we're, we're here to blame you for that. We're actually going to blame you that we're down 10% on that trade. I'm kidding. My friends, by the way, if you invest directly or through someone else, I'm going to ask you to help yourself and take responsibility uh, for everything in your the investment portfolio. Um, and if you allow someone to do it for you, which is smart, uh, Again, accept the responsibility that you didn't want to take the responsibility and therefore you outsourced it to someone else. Uh, but if, if you think you're smart in that person that you've hired, now you're at conflict. That doesn't make sense. You give it to someone else because you're tired of beating yourself up, but that doesn't give you the right to beat someone else up. Accept responsibility. Uh, when you buy quality, you got to expect it to go down again. This healthcare ETF that we own, uh, I, I worry not about it because in fact, uh, although I'm down 8% on it or 10% on it, it generates through the dividend and through the covered call strategy that you apply uh, about an 8% yield correct
2: that's right just just north of 8% and really that's it from our perspective that's one of the key attributes of this sector is you're looking at this sector for cash flow and you do want to have some relative consistency yeah the option strategy just allows us especially in these types of environments when volatility is is elevated A bit. Um, without yeah without getting into the all the intricacies um, options are priced effectively off of volatility and this is this is when we get really busy is when things get volatile this is when we want to be monetized well
1: more. I, I can tell you flow. something Paul I've been on Bay Street now for 22 years I am option licensed. Jack is option licensed. I have traded options before as a consumer uh, and as an advisor. And uh, it's a bit of a, I won't say it's a mugs game, um, but trading options, sincerely my friends and in the studio and at home, leave it to the pros. And I'm not a pro option trader. I'm not a bond trader. I'm a very good portfolio manager with my partner, Jack. We can structure great portfolios, but when it comes to option strategies, extra nuances there. I am more than happy to outsource that bit of my business to a company like yourself because it is difficult to trade options. Uh, But if you do it right, you can add value. Again, the basic rule of thumb, I believe, is when you look at a product like yours, those stocks are giving me a 3% dividend yield. You can more than double that dividend yield. You are doing that. You're taking about three to eight by adding some value so you 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 earn your keep on this product I give you full credit for the product you're earning your keep what, what, by the way what is the MER you're charging me for this
2: it's, it's under one percent all in with tax it's, all, it's so it's not
1: cheap but nope. yeah you, you are delivering a consistent product uh, again know what you own and again the eight percent yield that you're offering me is net of fees um, I will say you want to sort of buy these things when they go a little cold friends at home I'm not advise you buy it but if you want to take a peek at it the symbols HHL it trades on Toronto uh, do you know do you know roughly the 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 twenty names the twenty positions that you own I assume Merck J J yeah. Pfizer uh they're they're in it Actually, they're
3: all large cap names Wolf that pay dividends and the fact is you talk about option strategies and individual investors trying to do an option strategy no. the problem with it Wolf they don't have a process they don't have a plan. Right, if you but, want, if
1: no, I'll, they, but I'll tell you the other problem with options—they move quickly. Well, that's the options, point. Incredibly,
3: same-day options expire, oh. people are investing in. They're buying a lottery ticket. They're hoping to hit, and yeah. you know what? Most of the times when you buy a lottery ticket, you lose money.
1: I, I, so I, I, I remember writing options on a company called Barrick Gold. I kid you not. Before I was an advisor, my, my advisor said, "Well, you got ten share. You got a thousand shares of Barrick. Go ahead and write ten calls on it." Uh, and it worked. I took 1000 bucks of premium in. The option expired. They never called my stock, and we did it again. And then one day, they called my stock away, and, well, Bob's your uncle. So it's not a bad experience, but it is too tedious uh, to do yourself. And again, options move very, very quickly. It's, again, it's fascinating to watch. If you want to uh, have a chance of making 100% of your money overnight, you can do it in the option market. But guess what? If you want to have a chance, 100% chance of losing your money overnight, you can do it in the option market as well. In other words, it's very binary, and it is a zero-sum game. Uh, with every transaction option, there's someone who made money and someone who, well, had to uh, give up the premium. Which, the, which is actually purchase. different than the stock market. Everyone could be a winner yeah, in the stock a, market. If you
3: think long term and you want to participate in economic growth, yep. go out and buy the stock. I'm not saying today, but if you buy it today, historically speaking, you look 20 years out, you will make money.
1: What stock were we having fun at with, uh, in our office, Jack? Uh, we are asking our, our, uh, our newest partner, Zach. Uh, how old he was and I think he was uh, early, born in the 90s he was born in 1990 I think yeah 95 or and, something okay like we said okay let's just that take that was a Google you're about said, Google let's take, no Apple I think oh, it, was, okay. it was Apple because he was actually using Apple I said your parents made a mistake instead of buying you what they bought you when you were born they should have bought you 100 or screw one share of Apple uh, the stock back then was $3 it's now it sixty five. So in, in his life, right, from from 1990 to present, a dollar sorry, three bucks became one hundred and sixty dollars,
3: right. And that's what good companies do <laughs> over the long term, right? They grow revenues, they have good margins, they manage debt, and they continue to create great products.
1: Uh, but Paul, again, if you don't mind uh, recite a few more names inside the HHL that you're writing calls against. We mentioned J and J Pfizer Merck. Uh,
2: so, so a couple of things I would just, uh, just touch on. Absolutely. You're right. Sometimes it's like a lottery ticket on, uh, on options and we're happy to sell that lottery ticket. We'll get, we'll get that premium. Right. Uh, the other thing I would highlight too, is when we talk about, um, the volatility we've had in market and diversity. And within our within our fund and within sector diversity, you want to make sure you're peeling back the layer. So, pharma has entirely different attributes from an investment characteristic than does med tech. Another area right. that that we have um, so within med tech, for example, a striker. So, if you think about your hips, your knees, one of the uh, replacements, one of the areas that we think has a, amongst the best growth profile out. Uh, through the next decade is robotic-assisted surgery. So they're a big player in that market. You and know a company called Fanuc? I do not, no.
1: A Japanese robotics company. Take this out of interest, very interesting, because robotics are interesting. Is Israel in the product? The Intuitive Surgical?
2: Intu- intuitive Surgical is. It's one of the the higher growth names. That would be a great example. The Da Vinci uh, That's correct. And, uh, cool comp- and like amazing company, amazing company. Amazing company, amazing growth, and, and really a 15-year lead time on their major competitors like Johnson and & Johnson and others. And so another area that we don't talk a lot about is something called managed care, which we talk about growth value and kind of your, your growth at a reasonable price. I know I'm dating myself with that. No. Um, but you know, a managed care, a company like United Health is a massive component of the overall healthcare delivery system within within the US market. So healthcare um is diverse, has multiple drivers and with HHL we're monetizing a little bit of the volatility for that enhanced cash flow.
1: Hi Fi Radio, 640 in Toronto. I'm Wolfgang Klein. Uh, Paul McDonald, uh, he is the Chief Investment Officer uh, with Harvest ETFs. Uh, Harvest produces uh, about 20 different ETFs and some very unique strategies uh, that do take uh, the investment process to the next level uh, and certainly uh, activities. That should be truly left for the experts who can stare at their screen all day and know when to add value and manage risk. I mean, it does require uh, eyes on the screen from 930 to to 4, something you can't do on your own. But uh, certainly that uh, sophistication is available to you uh, through their products. Uh, We do own, full disclosure, uh, one of their ETFs called uh, the Healthcare Leaders Index. Uh, The symbol is HHL. It's a 20 large Uh, 20 large healthcare stocks, pharmaceutical, managed care, medtech put together, dividend-paying names, and then they write covered calls against the position to bring in income. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about call strategies and option strategies on the show right after this break.
0: Let's take a break. Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money.
1: You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio
0: on 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the show How about just that. This is Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein, portfolio manager, along with my partner, Jack Hartle, portfolio manager. And, uh, see, just that is one of the, some of the benefits that our clients uh, receive from our work. Two portfolio managers for the price of one. Uh, always keeping our eyes open and ears open and minds open. It's difficult to do. Keep your mind open. I find it difficult to keep my mind open, but I try real hard. Always looking for new ideas uh, to manage risk, to add value, and, of course, to make money. My job is to make my clients money. I have one focus in mind, and that is to make my clients money. If I make them money, everything else is taken care of. And if I don't, well, I got a problem, a big problem. So I want to make my clients money. Slow, steady, eddy, No blowups. ups No headaches diversity, quality, you gotta take risk, uh, but you gotta learn to manage risk. Uh, We're talking uh, about covered call strategy. Uh, It's an option strategy uh, uh, by using a basket of stocks in an ETF format and then uh, generating additional income. How? I'll give you a quick example. Let's just say you own 100 shares of the Royal Bank uh, and the Royal Bank is trading at $92 uh, today. You can sell someone the right to buy the Royal Bank stock at a specified price, let's just say $95, so the stock is 92 today. You're gonna to say, hey, Jack, I'll let you buy my Royal Bank for $95 anytime between now and say the next month. Stock's only 92, why would he buy it from me? He wouldn't, but he may think the stock is gonna to go to 100, and if it does, as 92 becomes 100, well, he makes some money. He's gonna pay me, let's just say a dollar on that privilege, so he's gonna give me a buck, he has the right to buy the stock for 95 between now and the end of next month. If the stock goes to 100, he pays 95, he paid a dollar for that privilege, uh, and he made himself, well, very, very good money. In fact, he made five bucks a share, paying, paying a buck a share for it, so that's five times his money on that strategy alone if the stock went to 100. If the stock stays at 92, um, I keep the, in fact, if the stock stays below 95, I keep the premium. Uh, either way, I keep the premium, but I keep the stock as well and get to write it again. Uh, we'll go through it one more time, probably for at the end of the show. But it's actually a way to add income. And again, aging population, aging demographics, interest rates better today. Uh, Paul McDonald of Harvest ETFs, you chief investment officer, you. Um, but still, I, I would see, I can see good demand uh, from the income generating uh, demographic uh, in the world. Uh, do, do you find a, you're, you're receiving a lot of retirees buying the product? Do you actually know who ends up buying your product, or is, or is it just sold through the wholesale channel, so to speak? And
2: we we generally generally don't have a direct line. Yeah. Um, but we do speak with a lot of uh, advisors, portfolio managers like, like yourself, us that yep. that, that uh, work on behalf of their clients. And and definitely the first part that we always tell people is you want to be looking at the strategy first is this an area that i want to be focused in on so yep. uh, today we're talking about healthcare we have large cap tech we have other strategies but yep. do i want to own a basket of 20 large cap healthcare stocks and do i need the cash flow or have a desire for that high income right and that's that's kind of the second question and that's really where that and for most people that are in their retiring years or need that consistent cash flow real income is still negative from most uh, Fixed income sources. So,
1: what he means by that is, after inflation, you're still losing money. Inflation ran six percent last year, ladies and gentlemen. So, your your money is worth well six percent less twelve months later. That's a lot.
2: Hundred percent, it is. And so, you know, for us to be able to monetize a little bit of uh, of the cash flow using our option strategy, you know, we're paying just north of eight percent. That tends to feed into a, a cohort of the population that one. Probably needs to be looking at healthcare from an investment perspective anywhere. I mean, it's almost 15% of the the global market, but part two is need to have uh, a a consistent source of cash flow. What other,
1: uh, you mentioned uh, IT, so what other uh, areas are you doing the strategy in?
2: So we've got uh, a, a number of sector specific funds, so including our large cap tech fund. Um, which is, I don't want to- Large cap
1: tech, right? Yeah, so
2: 20 large cap-
1: So uh, smaller dividend, but obviously I bet higher premium again for for writing calls, correct?
2: Correct. The volatility tends to be higher in that space for sure.
1: Right, uh, how's that? How's that product working out this year?
2: Uh, so far, so good. You know, uh, oversold conditions from last year. We've had a nice bounce uh, in the yeah. tech, really, since uh, since about October, November. The and really, the the breadth has been focused in and large cap, and that's where where we tend to focus across most of our minutes. We also have a number of peer diversified, more um, whether it's twenty five stocks across multiple sectors. Let me ask you, if I may, um, uh, and Jack, please feel
1: free. Uh, how? Far out, and I know each, each one's different, every situation is different, but how far out are you writing your calls? You friends at home, uh, just take, take the calendar year and you look at options. You, I find usually people write out three months uh, in the year. So if it's January, they're going to sell calls into April. Which, And I, I say that because that means you get to do it two, three, four times a year, and that's how you generate your income. So how far out are you writing calls?
2: Great question. And so a couple things on that. Um, the first one is, is we're writing on our 20 names, but we're always maximum 33% of each name. So to your point earlier, Jack, where the stock you know, goes up and you want to be participating in that longer term growth, we will always have 67% of the stock that we own and we'll participate in that growth. So we're only written on a portion of the stock. Are you are not writing calls in the whole position? No, that's correct. So only on a third of the position. So it's a bit of a balancing act making sure. Sorry, we're I was gonna it. say basically what you're looking but, for. So, so, but
1: you, you can generate an eight yield by only writing on a third of the position? Absolutely, yes. So if you wrote on the full position, you'd be 24%, what are you doing?
2: But then you wouldn't <laughs> participate in that longer term growth. And so we want to be in these areas for that long term. Yeah, but if you growth. write, again, I'm,
1: I mean, if, if, if the stock is 92 and you're writing 95s, I just get three bucks of growth if it gets called away and I get my my, my premium.
3: Half of that return, though, is a dividend probably there, Wolf. So you're getting
1: four, in dividend, probably no, four you're on dividend. No, you're getting four on dividend. You're getting two and a half, three on dividend at best in the basket. I'm a,
2: yeah, a li- li- little bit lower than that. And, and so, I, absolutely. We want to be in these names, though, when you look at over the longer term. We huh. want to have that participation. Well, that's what I was going to
3: say is when you participate huh. in the stock market, you want to participate in the markets going higher over time. This, this product is, I'm going to say, skewed towards investors that are saying, I'm willing to give a little bit of that upside to have the predictability of income because I need it on a monthly quarterly basis.
2: And to answer your question specifically, and there's other other reasons why we go a third, but we typically write one month out. Uh, and so we are fairly short. So, so, the, so if
1: you're writing one month out, that means you're actually writing an option 12 times a year. That's correct. And, and that means there's 24 transactions a year. There's a buy and the sell. Again, ladies ladies and gentlemen at home, I want you to appreciate... What was just said there, if, if you have an option and you're only selling a month of time, well, you can do that 12 months a year. Uh, that's a lot of trading. Uh, and again, with this ETF, the, when you trade an option, the commission that has to be paid to, I don't care if it's discount or not. Uh, and if you're going through discount brokerage, have fun on your order execution. Trust me on that. Trust me on that. Your one contract that you're trading is up against uh, Paul McDonald's. Well, how big is the fund? The HHL, for example. Uh, so
2: we're both $1.3 in that fund.
1: That's big. 1.3 yeah. bill. That, that, that That's a good fund. Are we out of time? We're out of time. Uh, Paul, Harvest ETFs, uh, Chief Investment Officer. Uh, friends, take, take a look at the website if you're interested. Obviously, uh, harvest.com would probably be Portfolios. Harvestportfolios.com. Harvestportfolios.com. Yeah. Uh, sounds like you got 20 flavors. Uh, large cap tech. Uh, Healthcare, Uh, another stinger before we say goodbye.
2: Uh, We've got uh, some diversified, uh, just one-stop solutions, fund of funds that own multiple subsectors. So, oh, but uh, you're not doing that's not a call an options strategy. uh, It owns it owns underlying funds that have call options. So you're getting basically five or six ETFs that all have call options on it in one one package. So that's been one one area that we've seen a fair amount of growth. So HDIF is the ticker on that one. We also have. Um, potentially some, uh, some other versions like that that are coming down the pipeline. Any crypto? No crypto.
1: Good answer. Hi-Fi Radio, 640 Toronto. Happy Easter. Happy Passover. I uh, hope you're well. hope your health is good. hope you're learning something. Uh, do you like music? It is therapeutic. Uh, and I'm going to, well, we're going to talk about value, uh, great value, uh, and actually how to make some money uh, in some collectibles uh, and a whole lot more. Um, Frank Fabian of The Speaker Shop is going to join us. Um, he's done wonders uh, to a piece of audio video, just audio gear I had uh, that's now set up in my office, and I invite you to come down and have a tour of my uh, surround excellence uh, as I, well. You know build wealth for my clients. Hi-Fi Radio, 640 Toronto. Commercial break. Going to get right back to the show right after this. Stay tuned.
0: Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment. On
1: 640 Toronto. You're
0: listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. I heard you on the wireless back in 52, lying awake and tuning in on you. If I was young, it didn't stop you coming through.
1: my friends it is easter weekend and uh well i wish you a good one my brother passed away about six months ago uh i had the uh good or not so good fortune of being his executor um friends if someone asks you to be the executor of their will you better think it through it's a lot of work um it is a uh What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, what's the word I'm looking it's for? It's a right big now? responsibility,
3: Wolf. I don't think people realize. Um, no,
1: we've been, it's a thankless job. That's yeah. the word. It's and there's liability, though. It's there's huge, actually it's, liability. It's huge liability. It's a lot of work. Anyways, my brother is the exec. And by the way, as an executor of a will, you are entitled to an executor's fee. Often people forego it. I'm foregoing mine for my brother. Uh, and the primary reason, because if I accept the executor's fee, the government is going to it, You have to declare it as income. So now the government gets half of that money. Uh, so what's the point? Uh, but my, I've always had my, I and my brother's old stereo. Uh, he bought an amazing Marantz stereo back in 1980. A Marantz receiver, 250 watts, 125 per channel, per side. Uh, a dual turntable and a pair of Bose 901 speakers. So cool, so retro. Uh, the Bose, I think, uh, 40 years ago were about $1,100. And I think the Marantz receiver... 40 years ago, was about $1,100. Stereo hasn't worked in 25 years. It sat in his basement, unattended, unused, unloved. My eyeballs were on it. Unfortunately, my brother did pass away too early, uh, but I said, I'm going to do some justice here and uh, grab that stereo. That will be my fee, Uh, and I will not tell the government I took it. Uh, you can go ahead and snitch on me. Have fun. It wasn't worth anything because it wasn't working, but I had a refurbished at the speaker shop. I called uh, Richard Bowden from Bay Blue radio. He said, well, go to the speaker shop. Uh, uh, they will certainly on those Bose 901 do an amazing job. Uh, I said, do you have a contact? He said, call my friend Frank. Uh, I've worked with him before. He's very, very helpful. I said, I know that brand. I see them on young street. I remember them on Eglinton. Uh, but when you Google them, a little hard to find They now moved to Comstock road. Anyways, Frank uh, spoke to me as a wolf brain, and I can fix everything for you. And how much? I said, He very patient on the phone. Spent a lot of time with me on the telephone. Anyways, brought the unit in. Took about four or five months, a little longer than I'd like, but... I'm so happy I'm I'm getting so much happiness uh, having uh, the stereo hooked up in my office I'm bringing the records and well I'm creating some fun and good positive energy and it's soothing uh, to listen to as I'm analyzing charts and the likes I said to uh, Frank from the speaker shop join us on Hi-Fi Radio and let's talk about the music business, uh, how it's changed. Uh, it's ironic when, when you, uh, I bought some speaker wire off you as well. And, uh, so I said, give me some speaker wire. I need some patch cord cables, uh, along with my repaired uh, stereo, but then he bent over, pulled out a plastic bag. And what did it say on the plastic bag, Frank?
4: Oh, music world,
1: <laughs> music world, <laughs> young and done. That yeah. music world is ironic. Yeah. Uh, Jack, you and I look yeah. out our office. I say to Jack repeatedly, Frank, yeah. as I look out my temperance street office, I say, Frank, Say Jack, see the records that are here. They were purchased over there. Literally, we could. I can point to the corner of Young and Dundas where all the record shops were. uh, Well, for the last five decades. Well, sure. No, yeah. Remarkable, remarkable. Uh, And yesterday, I was having a coffee at work, and a lady approached me, and uh, uh, the barista. And we're chatting with her. She said, "You know, part time I I, I'm a barista, but full time I'm an opera singer, and I'm also involved in um, music therapy." Uh, and I know sure. Beybler Radio, Mark Mandelson did a lot of refurbishing of work and gear at his shop, and he had donated to the Music Therapy Trust Fund. It's a Canadian trust fund. Uh, it's been around for a number of years. Laura Bartlett, Randy Wells' wife, Jack, uh, was, was a president of, the, I think, the Music Therapy Trust Fund. Uh, music is so powerful, Frank. It is sure, so certainly. powerful. I understated, it. And I don't know where to begin and end with this conversation because... It, we. I feel sorry for artists. I know Neil Young was dead set against compressing files and he was into this new, four, yep. this new higher hi-fi radio himself. Yes, yeah, absolutely. you know exactly what I'm talking yes. about. Uh, but it's lost. When, 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 when new generation, I, I want Kachi to come into my office one day, but she's got great speakers here in the studio, the Tannoy speakers. But when people walk into my office, listening to my 40-year-old system, they're blown away as to how good it sounds. Yep. You, you would have thought, sound like my car is better today than a 40-year-old car. Hands
4: down. yes. Absolutely. but audio no, not better today. Well, can be I guess. to, but to be fair, in, in in cars themselves, for the last several years, they've been better sounding than cars of the past. Hundred uh, percent, I agree with you it's on that. Just one. that um, uh, most people who had cars of the past upgraded their systems, and today most people aren't. Correct. You know, they're yeah. That business. I used to business. with factory systems are actually pretty reasonable. No car
1: today. audio. When the car audio industry is done. It was a big industry car audio.
4: Yeah. Well, you know,
1: Chroma Radio used to install car audio. Uh, yeah. Gappa yeah, Young and 401. You yeah. know the shop. I'm, you know all the oh, shops. For sure. For sure. They're and, gone. And
4: I tell you, in the 90s. Um, and then people used to steal the car when audio. We the were, theft when was when all we all were on Eglinton, not only did we sell just tonnage of car, car stuff, but if you just stood on the street at Oakwood and Eglinton, every five minutes, you'd hear a car booming down the street. Oh, yeah. You don't hear that today. Today, you may have to stand there a day and a half to hear the same thing.
1: That was a great district yep. to pick up some reggae. That was an amazing sure. district. Uh, my buddy Ivor Hamilton from Universal Music said, hey, well, if I have to go to Sales Call, uh, check out the record shops, along Eglinton. Sure. Uh, huge, huge, huge. huge cause Absolutely. They, they had A&M, A&M uh, Island uh, on, on, on yep. the Universal label. Yep. Um, but you know, again, the, the power of music. It, and I, 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 I want to I bring you on the show just to share with people, encourage people to experience audio the way it was meant to be listened to it, it will resonate sure. in your soul
4: sure absolutely i mean especially people tend to resonate with what they grew up with as opposed to uh-huh. uh, other things and uh, i think it's good to expose yourself to all sorts of it to uh-huh. have a feel
1: but jack you're having fun uh, spinning the records you're you know 15 years my junior and it it, it all makes you smile and you <laughs> I, I, I'm, having,
4: I'm
3: having fun watching all the executive baby boomers come in and say whoa wolf you got that morantz rocking <laughs> it's fun. Those guys, when they come in, they you know yeah. you say relive your youth. They have a lot of fun with it, and a lot sure. of the, the albums that Wolfgang is playing is this you know the stuff from the late seventies, early eighties, stuff like that. But so it's but it's, it's neat.
1: I, I gave Jack a copy of the White Album, and just for fun, I googled yeah. the value of the White Album. It's a seventy-five dollar record. Yeah, uh, purchased for ten bucks. Quality, yeah. quality, quality. That Marantz receiver that Russell paid a thousand dollars for Ooh. has been traded on eBay, I believe, for four. Thousand dollars up in price, yeah. And yeah, yeah. so quality is quality. We buy quality stocks yes. up in price. But I want to talk to you about a couple of companies, uh, stocks that do trade. Uh, and we're going to go to break in a few minutes and then get back into the conversation. But the Warner Music Group is now a publicly traded company. You just buy, the, uh, participate in yep. their publishing sales. Then there's Dolby Pro Logic, Ray Dolby. You're, you're smiling. Yep. that's been a powerhouse of a stock. And then there's Sony that was the Sony Walkman. Catchy is now looking at me. My producer has no idea what I'm talking about when I say the word Sony Walkman. Um, <laughs> but yeah. the, 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 what's well, driving that business is um, cameras. Yeah. So the evolution well, of Sony is
4: quite, I know it's quite Sony, fascinating. Sony all along has done, uh, every 10 years or something, they come up with something either brilliant or uh, brilliant off-tangent. And it flops. Uh-huh. Like the L cassette, um, which was a cassette tape that was about double the size of a normal cassette tape. And it would hold a lot more time and better quality sound. And no one bought it. just so it was too big and you couldn't use it in a the car. <laughs> uh, then they also came up with the, the, the mini disc that didn't work because uh, no one wanted it. I remember well, the it disc. I, I, I remember disc. beta that was crushed by, by uh, beta. VHS. That's right. And beta, and beta was better. Beta was better. But if you took it home, you could record eight hours on a VHS. You could only record, uh, I can't remember what uh, it was, four or six. It was faster a faster running tape? It was faster running tape. It was it was yeah. a better format for quality of picture. Uh, Frank Fabian, definitely- the speaker
1: shop, um, a man who has been on the streets of Toronto uh, dealing with audio gear uh, for decades. Um, you know, from Young and Wellesley to uh, Eglinton and Oakwood, uh, now in Scarborough. But if you have some old classic gear... And it's nostalgic and it, it was quality, and but it's not working perfectly or it needs to be cleaned. Uh, you know, cobwebs, take it to the speaker shop. I'm so happy and I'm getting so much value. I'm very, very happy. I can't wait to go to work. Honestly, I cannot wait to go to work in the morning to listen to my beautiful audio as I'm watching stock charts. Going to take a quick break. Get right back to the show of money called Hi-Fi Radio right here on 640 Toronto.
0: Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
1: Back, my
4: friends.
1: Joe's Hi Fi Radio in quad. We're going to go quadraphonic. You know what that is? Frank Fabian from the speaker shop, when I was picking up my stereo, I saw a Techniques receiver, uh, wood covered, uh, retro from the 70s. I said, Frank, the technique looks pretty cool. Isn't the company that created the first true DJ turntable, the Nine? Hundred series, yeah, and that that receiver is also quadraphonic. And I said, "Oh, retro baby!" And I somehow I mentioned Dark Side of the Moon. So, said, "Well, actually, that record was recorded in quadraphonic sound." Yep,
4: absolutely. I
1: think two hundred and fifty million units of that record have sold, and band members receive about two buck a unit. If that math is correct, that band has made five hundred million dollars on that one record, aka recording, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Um, good to be them, Frank. Fabian, you did a great job restoring uh, my quality audio gear. I cannot thank you enough. I got, I'm, I'm going to guess, another 20 years of value coming at me with that puppy. It brings such pleasure to me. It really makes me happy. And I, I, stuff doesn't make me happy. Like my iPhone's a good tool, but it doesn't make me happy, my iPhone. It doesn't. My car, yeah. I like my car, but it gets me, I'm not a car. The stereo is bringing me so much pleasure. Just Jack knows it. Uh, the power of music, it Wonderful. just resonates. I can't, friends, and I, I spoke with um, a, uh, a barista who is, uh, you know, part-time barista at our office. She's a, a, an opera singer. She's also involved in music therapy uh, from a healing perspective. You got aromatherapy; sure can help. Music so powerful. So, Absolutely. so it can calm you. It can it can make you feel alive, uh, evoke emotion. It, it, it's so powerful. Um, but the, the the days of shopping audio is not what it once was. Uh, you know, I, shopping audio was almost as much fun as shopping for records. It's changed. Uh, let's talk about compression of sound first of all. Uh, Because Jack, who who, do we know who created the MP3? I didn't get the name. uh, Catch you. Do me a favor. Just Google while while we're chatting here. Who created the MP3 file? How how compressed is that file, Frank? How How much how much how much sound do we lose?
4: A a, a lot. You lose a lot of the flavor of the music for sure. Truly, you do, don't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And and what about then when you you know put on
4: earbuds? What's happened to the sound quality then? You got compression. You got earbuds. Yeah. Well, convenience many times has over sound quality yeah. and um, it's, it's not surprising that it still is for a those
1: wireless bose speakers they're pretty funky things i will say the little bose round things uh, we've actually had a, a supplier send us a floating one too jack a floating speaker right. yeah. no not bad yeah. uh, but again you're dealing with compressed stream compressed sound a friend yeah. of mine at work was saying you know yeah i, I run through my stereo i got great speakers But I run it through my stereo through. I'm streaming through it. I say you're losing it. You you, you have great speakers, but you're streaming. You got a compressed file once again. Um, Someone walked into my office. They heard the stereo, Frank. You know, they said, "Wow, does it ever fill the room?" Yeah. And uh, by the way, the volume was on too. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: It it just fills the room. Certainly. And what it just feels good. It's like
4: unbelievable. Wonderful.
1: Yeah. That's the plan. Uh, Dolby ProLogic um, Ray Dolby. Again, I, I share that with you because it's a publicly traded company. Uh, did you pull the chart up? Have you seen the chart on that one, Jack? I was just trying to get It's not Dolby Laboratories. Yes, that's, it is. That's it, a, is? Yes, Dobie 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 that's it, yes. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, looks does. like a pretty it's good just, chart to me. It, it, is, it still was, I haven't yeah. looked at it in ages. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us about Ray Dolby and, and the technology that he created that ends ended
4: up in the IMAX studios as well, correct? Well... So uh, and, and on the comp- many components that you saw There are offer. many different Dolby things, though. I mean, what he started off doing, as far as I'm aware, is compression and expansion. Uh, started off by compressing. There's only so much information you can put on a tape. And so what they did is they compressed the information going on the tape so that the peaks... One problem with recording on tape is if you record music in a way where it allows the peaks to be high and the lows to be low, I don't mean in frequency, but in the quantity and volume, uh-huh. um, you have to record at such a low volume Uh that there's a lot of background hiss. So they figured if you can record at a higher level and reduce the background hiss a lot, uh, it it would be advantageous. What they do to do that is they compress the sound so that the peaks aren't going over what the tape or tape head can do. And then on playback, they expand it back again. Hmm. Uh, That was what Dolby was first doing uh, before the theater and surround stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so what have they done lately that, c- that continues to drive the stock? Are you aware? Uh, not so much, actually, in this last bit. Because uh, a lot of what they're doing is more theater stuff um, and uh, surround stuff. And I haven't been paying as much attention.
1: But they're obviously picking up royalties. Anyone who uses their technology... in oh, absolutely. The air, and so well, it, it definitely is a royalty actually, business as one, well.
4: One thing that I can tell you also is, in the earlier days especially... When, if you wanted to, if you were a manufacturer that wanted to put a Dolby Surround processor into your uh, receiver that you were going to sell to public, it was about three, three and change, if I remember right, to buy the Dolby ProLogic IC. And it was closer to eight bucks for them to allow you to put their name on the front of your unit. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, friends at
1: home, audio video gear in the basement that, you know it can bring you some love, but you just haven't gotten around to turning it back on. Uh, again, if it's a quality item, I strongly <laughs> encourage you to uh, take a look at it. And Frank, you, I remember when I Ooh. plugged my stereo in, home, I said, it, it still sort of works, Frank. I plugged it, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You don't want to power it up too quickly. If some, if, if, if a component like my, my receiver has yeah. been sitting idle for 15 years, what's the best thing to do?
4: Take, just uh, take it to you, don't even try it? Usually, yeah, usually we... Put on something like a variac and raise the voltage to it slowly so that the capacitors aren't so shocked that they uh, have an issue. Um, it's just like the human body, I eh? Mean, you, I mean, you can, so I golf, fine, yeah. you can plug it in and potentially be fine, but you can plug it in and potentially have blow. some issues.
1: Right, which you don't yeah. want yeah. to do. You know, rate yeah. of change matters, Wolf. Well, speaker, take it easy, speaker shop, you did a great job. And again, obviously more than just speakers. You, 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 you tuned up my, my dual turntable. You got the Marantz working properly. They had some oxidization and cleaning required to make it sound properly. But boy, was it worth the $1,200. Great value. I cannot tell you how happy I am. Uh, Frank Fabian, speaker shop. Uh, music matters. Uh, music is therapy. Uh, music is fun. Music is good. Uh, turn it on. Crank it up and uh, well let's make, let's make some money. Sci-fi radio, each and every Saturday right here on six forty Toronto and Wolfgang Klein. Any questions for Jack Hartle or myself, WolfgangKlein.com, the Wolf on Come on down, pay us a visit, hang with us, we'll talk money and how oh, you can perhaps have more of it. Happy Easter, happy Passover. Frank, you yep. great job. Thanks ha- for Frank, having me, Frank. well. <laughs> <laughs> I said Frank, yes, funny. Frank <laughs> that's okay. Frank Fabian, thank you. Have a great weekend, my Wonderful. friend.
4: Pleasure. Be well. <laughs>